0: left hand which is not my dominant hand and i went a little too deep it <laughs> couldn't stop hello and welcome to this week's episode of back to the bins for assistant editors month my name is chris tyler aka the hand metal hero not your usual host but again it is assistant editors month so you're gonna get stuck with me and two of my friends from weekly heroics i have scott mcgregor hello. how's it going it's going all right. Going all right. And from the Man of Screen podcast, I have Mr. Mike Zumo. Hello. All right. Gentlemen, we are here on assignment.
1: So I know. That Paul,
0: so that Paul can be lazy and not have to do work. Yeah, well, um, I understand you
1: know? that. I understand that. But I, I got to <laughs> I gotta throw out respect and gratitude because I've been trying to get on back to the bins like forever. <laughs> Apparently... I have
0: the most guest shots on this show. Yes, because I do. have no life, <laughs> <laughs> and I just like talking to everybody. So, all right. Oh, so, uh, happy we'll... to be asked. Yes, it is always a good feeling to be asked, especially when the elder statesman of the uh, of the network asks you. Yeah.
1: It, it, but... even even if you're asked secondhand. <laughs> yeah. You know. hey. Well, me me and Hero were tapped and, and told to, right
0: recruit that's what we do um we're not gonna uh we're not gonna stray too much from the traditional format actually we're gonna uh we're gonna do a marvel a dc and an indie book and um we got a lot of stuff to cover and uh we got some pretty meaty issues to go over uh we are gonna mess with the format just in terms of how we cover these books usually we uh depends on how the guys want to do it sometimes they do marvel dc indie or sometimes they just go in release order right but um we're gonna uh, we're, we're gonna, gonna start to go in m- vibe order. You know,
1: vibe, yeah. You know, vibe. Just felt right being a former radio, you know, programming guy. I <laughs> had to. That's fit.
0: right. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. <laughs> All right, it's, it's not so much It
1: was so much weirder than KRP. When I, believe me when I tell you.
0: Oh, I bet. <laughs> I bet. Coke and orgies and all sorts of good stuff. Only I one orgy. Only one. Ooh, that is that is way too few. I worked in a small market. What can you say? Yeah, wow. Well. So it was a small orgy, small market, big orgy. So it's like small, mar- they were <laughs> yeah, it, small it a, market it was a it
2: was a big or- orgy in a small pond. That's
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already in trouble. I'm already getting dagger glares from laugh track
0: Tina over here. That's fine. That's why we're here for, for <laughs> some yucks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, well, so we'll jump into my book, which is G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, Volume 2. Now, this was uh, the relaunch of G.I. Joe uh, several years after the Marvel Comics license lapsed and Larry Hama had told the story that he wanted to tell in that volume. Um, and that series ran for longer than the toys did by by a few years actually, so eventually Image got around to getting the rights, and uh, it's a straight up continuation of the Larry Hama storylines, just you know seven or eight years down the road.
1: Yeah, I did not even you... know
0: this existed, so this was a nice surprise.
1: Yeah, I knew there. that I, yeah.
0: yeah, this. Um, I mean, I mean, now there's a million GI Joe new GI Joe books out, but this was the one that tried to one of the first not nostalgia grab really, because. Um, it's people that love this property that we're putting it together. And uh, let me roll on into the indicia here so I can tell you when and where it was published, <laughs> which hopefully I can find because the uh, image one is a little weird. <laughs> uh, and it's not helping me right now, of course. <laughs> and I don't have Mike's Amazing World pulled up. So uh, we might have to edit this, but I want to make sure I have the correct information. <laughs> no problem. All right. Give you one half a moment. All right. So this is G.I. Joe number one, published by Image. The cover date was 2001. It was on sale in September of 2001. Uh, oh, that's uh, on sale date was September 12, 2001. And we're recording this on September 11th, 2019. Interesting. The uh, almost
2: ahem, right- 18th anniversary.
0: Almost. The writer was Josh Blaylock. The penciler was Steve Kurth. The inker was John Larder. And the colorist was Brian Miller. And the cover artist, um, I'm trying to make out who it is. I think it's uh, Scott Campbell, but uh, I could just be looking at the, um, the signature on it wrong. And the title of this is Reinstated, Part 1. So we pick up In the Swamps uh, of the uh, Everglades in Southern Florida... And if you know your G.I. Joe at all, there's a lot of um, really bad accents being written here by some of the Dreadnoughts. The Dreadnoughts are the soldiers of the mysterious Zartan, who is a major figure in the original Marvel comic series. And unbeknownst to the Dreadnoughts, there is a uh, masked man uh, with the Arashikagi tattoo on his forearm. And again, if you know your G.I. Joe, the Arashikagi is Storm Shadow's clan. Uh, that Snake Eyes uh, studied under. And, um, yeah, if you haven't read the books, then that's going to be lost on you. Big Gator comes up behind our masked uh, figure here, and the Gator gets stabbed, while the masked ninja, we'll call him, uh, leaps around the swamps, and we find out that he is placing some reconnaissance into the Dreadnought base, and he's reporting back to a silent and scarred man who we come to realize is Snake Eyes, just uh, a little bit older. Snake Eyes uh, boots up a computer in his little hut, and he speaks to Duke, who is now looking like a, um, a CIA spook. Uh, he's no longer the, uh, he's not in the, uh, the olive green fatigues. But uh, something's going on. It looks like the G.I. Joe group is going to have to go back to work. And Duke is showing images of his tanks and Cobra soldiers and a hooded Cobra commander to several of the original Joes. Roadblock, Scarlet, Flint, Snake Eyes, who is in his uh, version four armor from the toys, and Shipwreck. And... All the old Joes are all ready to jump back in. And we get a nice splash, single page splash page with a bunch of the Cobra mainstays uh, with Duke saying, let's uh, reacquaint ourselves with some old friends. And uh, the renderings are are pretty interesting. They're not um, super realistic, but they are interesting looking. Yeah. Uh, you know, Who are
1: the twins again? I, I missed,
0: missed. Tomax and Zaymot. Okay. Yes. I do not remember. Can't remember that. which one has the scar. I'm sure Aaron Headmoss will. If he hears this, he'll be like, it's wow. him, it's him, you idiot. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, so while the old school Joes are getting reacquainted because they haven't seen each other in uh, about a decade, they uh, decide to go wander off to a bar while Scarlet and Snake Eyes have a long pregnant pause together, resulting in Scarlet. Smacking the taste out of Snake Eyes' mouth.
2: Which is usually how those long pregnant pauses tend to go. Right, that yeah, was,
1: That was an easy pace to pump out too. Uh, just like literally five panels of the oh, same. It's Bendis picture.
0: Bendis. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? It makes you but see that that is where it works. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, totally each yeah. one of those seconds yeah, yeah. <laughs> before she decks them. We now cut back to the dreadnought base where Cobra Commander in full honorary regalia is giving a grand speech at the uh, table where the Dreadnoughts, uh, Major Blood, and uh, so Zartan, uh, Major Blood, Dr. Mindbender, the Baroness, and Tomax and Zaymot are listening to his new sales pitch for how he's going to get Cobra back together again. And there's uh, some standard uh, bad guys bickering back and forth, this will never work, plan, and Cobra Commander tells him about his new nanobots that he can program, that he'll be able to render cities useless. And one person is conspicuous by their absence, and that is Destro, who is the arm suppl- former arm supplier for Cobra. Destro comes in, makes a big scene, has his usual banter with Cobra Commander, but decides to listen into to the rest of the conversation. We now go back into recruitment mode for the old school Joes, where we have a whole, uh, God, was this about a twelve-page pan, uh, twelve-panel page? Yeah. Where yeah. Stalker, Gung Ho, yeah. Wild Bill, Lady J, Dusty, Mainframe, Rock and Roll, Jinx, Spirit, and Bazooka, who looks it's very, very pounds. old now, yeah, yeah, several <laughs> pounds, are all getting the call to come back, and of course none of them can say no because you know when Duke gives the call, you come back. Uh, we follow up now with Duke next to General Hawk. Uh, and General Hawk, now calling himself General Tomahawk, which was kind of cool, uh, is trying to inspire all of the uh the green shirts that are there. They're the red shirts of the G.I. Joe. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> right. Giving them a, a rousing speech. And uh he doesn't like the look of one guy. It's our hooded figure from the beginning of the issue that planted the surveillance. Uh, and we find out that his name is Kamakura, uh, who has been working for – we we know it's Snake Eyes. Hawk doesn't know it yet, though. And uh, we have some uh, patriotic bravado here. And the issue makes a good point of saying Cobra's not playing this time. So they're definitely trying to tell you that this is going to be pretty serious. Uh, the Marvels comic series was pretty serious, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. but we, but, uh, it's,
2: but it's always more serious now than it was before.
0: Yes. Yeah, well. they're, they're really not messing around this time. Kroger's, they're really not messing Kroger's around. Cobra's going time, all in. This
2: time they're trying.
0: Bringing the A team <laughs> of the A team. Yeah. Yes, yes, they are. We cut back to the Everglades and the secret uh, Dreadnought base where we have some more jaw jacking between Destro and Cobra Commander. And Cobra Commander and Destro finally have a. Somewhat of a, you know, all right, I'll listen to you, you'll listen to me. Let's see what's going on here. Let's see if we can make this work. We uh, follow up with the Joes, most of whom who are out drinking, having a good old nostalgic chat about, you know, their love lives and what went wrong. And we go right back into Marvel Comics mode, where we show a sullen snake eyes in the dark, silent, looking at a picture of, uh, well, when things were good with Scarlet, <laughs> and it's straight out, this is exactly what you'd get when Larry Hama was writing the book. We uh, we end up ending the issue with Cobra Commander ready to jump back into the world and show his face. However, Destro's, uh, I guess it's his daughter, uh, is putting the moves on him and uh, knees him in the crotch, kicks him in the face, where Destro walks in, basically to gloat. Cobra Commander calls the Crimson Guard over to uh, seize this man, and Destro snaps his fingers, and all of the Crimson Guardsmen point their guns at Cobra Commander. To be continued. Uh, this, um, I didn't know about this either until um, it was when the movie was coming out. It was was 2008 or nine? And um, I'm a big mark for the uh, for the G.I. Joe property, especially the real American hero version from the comics and the cartoon and the toys. Um, and I saw that somebody was um, selling, well, illegally, the CBZs of every G.I. Joe comic that had come out until that point. And I didn't even know there was a volume, two, So I snapped this thing up so I could you know, reread the 150, 155 issues of the main series and then see what they were going to do with it. And uh, I, I was pleasantly surprised. I still haven't gotten through all of it just because, you know, that's life what <laughs> you going to do. But it's uh, it's one of those things that it was, a. I guess it was a weird time to try to bring it back. I mean, it was 2001. So, I mean, the toy line was basically dead by, for about almost 10 years at that point but they don't shy away from that. They, I mean they you know they jump back in and say these are the characters you like we're going to throw some new wrinkles in it. And um you know it, it, something we've wanted to see for a long time is Destro <laughs> trying to assert control cuz you know we, we kind of know <laughs> the Destro f- from the from the comics is pretty ruthless and and knows what he's doing. The Destro f- and Cobra Commander from the cartoon a little bit different. But um I don't know. I just it was nice having this blast of nostalgia at this time, especially even though I read this book, you know, almost a decade after it had come out. So, twenty years removed from when I was last really reading GI Joe, but um, I don't know. I don't know what tickled me to to pick this one. I just was looking for something. And I was like, eh, I like GI Joe. Why don't we pick this one? But I'm curious to hear what you guys have to to say about it because I mean, Scott, I know you're a little bit older than us, but uh, you know, just yeah, you know, let me let me know
1: your thoughts. Well, I'll be the first to admit I totally read this in the voices of the cartoon show. Oh, you yeah, like, unavoidable. So, <laughs> and I actually had I uh, did follow some of the original Marvel run for a little bit. Um All I don't right. remember what issue I got to, but I was I loved it back then. I mean, because it wasn't the TV show; it was brutal and no. like there were you know Baroness slit some guy's throat in the first issue or something like that. You know, so I'm like, ooh, yeah, okay, this is the G.I. Joe where they don't all get parachuted out of the planes when they blow up. No. So that was kind of yeah. neat. And it's this, not an 80s cartoon. No, and this is you obviously going to follow that same same thing. But um, it, I f- thought it was a very self-aware comic of its nostalgia, too, in, in humorous ways and, and in more poignant ways. And that it, it definitely, yeah, as you said, hero. Well, I,
2: I, I like the, the point that they yeah. were apart about the same amount of time that the toy line has been gone. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And that, uh, you know, it definitely feels like a continuation. I said I never got to, like, the end issues of, of the Marvel G.I. Joe, but they they felt very much like the first issues I'd read, so that was neat. And just the whole Destro, you know, basically being like, all right, you know what, we've put up with you long enough, Cobra Commander, all your plans are shit. And, uh, <laughs> I'm taking over now. <laughs> and, uh, I, I found it kind of hilarious. It felt very cartoony, his, uh, large scale model of the nanomite, you know, like you couldn't have just shown of him course. a picture or something. You had to have a giant scale model of a, of a microscopic machine to show people at the convention or, you know, the, the planning board. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed <laughs> it. I might have to find the rest of these and read it because uh, I'll help you out with that. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> It's a good world building too,
0: and and just uh, yeah, I don't know how many yeah, twenty five pages it was. It hit the Well, it gets runner. you, yeah, it gets you caught up to speed pretty fast. I mean, it's GI Joe; it's an action book. I right. mean, you're not. Are there lots of threaded plot lines in it? Absolutely, but at the mm-hmm. end of the day, it's a military action book. Yeah, so you don't want to wait too long. It's. I mean, it was two pages to get everybody reassembled. Really, it was right. a good
1: economy of storytelling. Yeah, the many panels, except for the one Scarlet and Snake Eyes one that you know reused. Right, the but picture. when they
2: reintroduced everybody, it was one panel, and that was enough.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's, yeah, and they so got so who, exposition who... done in the the bar meeting. Is like, hey, you haven't seen you in a while. Let's go have a drink and fill in in the audience and what's been happening. So, yeah, you know, I mean, instead it's... of just having Hawks stand there and say everything or something.
0: Yeah, and it's—I mean—it's kind of the perfect reintroduction. If you had stopped reading the and playing with the toys when you hit like eleven or twelve, and now yeah, you're right. early twenties, it's like, ooh, okay, I really like this when I was a kid. What are they going to do with it now? I right. was supposed to stop playing with toys when I was twelve. That's yeah, the rulebook. That's yeah. what
2: they said, but none of us have stopped. Oops, no, we
1: <laughs> no, we haven't. I have more toys now than when I was twelve. <laughs> <laughs> I think I do too. Yeah, I think so here yeah, too. <laughs> Mikey, all right. Well, you know, I wasn't.
2: You know, thought that I wasn't a fan of GI Joe back when I was a kid. It's just something I kind of, kind of dipped in and out of it. You know, I knew enough to like know who everybody was, but, yeah. you know, I uh, I veered a little bit more toward the uh, fantastical, the uh, the He-Man, the Thundercats, the superheroes and all that stuff. Yeah. So, but I I, I I knew enough. We we all played uh, in elementary school. Played GI Joe on the playground. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, this. Then what for me? What a first issue should do. It made me want to. made me want to continue. It, you know, made me curious about what uh, what Duke had been up to for the past eight years. Yeah. So, uh, and you know, I love seeing the old the old trappings. You know, even the trappings of the of an 80s cartoon are there with the villains uh, bickering. You know, yeah. maybe the Joes could just sit and watch. Uh, Cobra Commander and, and uh, Destro go at it and, and enjoy the show for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, awesome it it, ha- it has everything you want. Like I said, want, it, everything you want from a first issue it introduces everything quickly, and it's you can tell it's going to get to the action. It reestablishes the characters, and these are characters that we all know and love, so we uh, we're already attached to them. We don't need to get attached to these characters. So it shows that it's, it prom- it promises. Looks like it promises to uh, to kick right into the story with uh, issue two
0: yeah yeah it does um yeah, yeah I, mean, I don't I,
2: I definitely want to read that now i'm definitely curious to see, to see where this goes
0: yeah it's a it's a, on the whole it's a good series i mean ups and downs like anything else but if you were looking for that um larry hama version it's it hews pretty close to that with obviously some some wrinkles because you can't just do the exact same thing twice but um yeah i don't have much more to add other than that other than uh yeah, I mean, I, I turned 40 this year, and G.I. Joe and, and He Man were always the two things, toy line wise and cartoon wise, whereas that was appointment viewing for me. So, right. yeah. Uh,
2: let's see. Me I mean oh. He Man and Thundercats?
0: Yeah, I was starting to get a little too. By the time Thundercats rolled around, I was, I think, what was I fourth or fifth grade for that? Then again, those designs were awesome, yeah. <laughs> the animation was great. But um, I guess we can roll right into rating this bad boy. Um, I'll uh, I'll go first since it was my book. Um, I didn't really talk about the cover art itself. It's a uh, American flag waving in the background with uh, most of the uh, Flint and Scarlet, Roadblock, Snake Eyes, uh, the new guy, uh, actually I can't remember his name, and uh, Shipwreck all in an action pose, weapons drawn, uh, ready for battle, and uh, it's a nice cover. It tells you exactly what you're getting into. Yeah. Uh, is it iconic? Mm, I don't think it's iconic. I think there's uh, better covers in the um, original Marvel run than, than this one. Uh, but it certainly does the job. Um, so uh, for the cover art, I will give it a, uh, a solid B. It tells me exactly what it is. Uh, it gets me excited about it, but it's not something I'm going to hang on my wall. The interior art is also uh, highly stylized. Um, Not, I shouldn't say highly stylized. There's this, it looks like there's a slight manga influence to it, just with some of the narrowness and the uh, exaggerated features of some of the characters. It's yeah. very 2001. Yes. Yes, it I'm, is.
2: I didn't, I didn't actually know when this book was written, but I was guessing just from the art that it was around 2000. Yeah. Very, of that time
1: it's very angular like every 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 bald man in this kind of looks like he could be john romita jr's uh like professor x or something he's just the same yeah
0: (laughs) big narrow narrow craggly chins exaggerated cheekbones uh on everybody especially the villains because they're villains so their features have to be more extreme uh but it's it's good art it's not my favorite art style uh to be sure But uh, for the book that it is, it certainly works. Um, So again, I got to go with a uh, I got to go a B minus on the art because it's it's not it's certainly not bad. It's not average. It's above that. But depending upon what your tastes are, the art style might not work for you uh, because, like Mike said, it's very 2001. We're trying to be extreme to a degree, (laughs) and uh, (laughs) the story uh, the story. Like Mike said, it's a first issue, but it does everything that you want a first issue to do. Uh, I really have no complaints about it because um, I mean it states right up front this is issue one of four of this storyline. Uh, so I feel like I got enough of the story at the jump here to uh, to give it a B plus. So uh, overall, I'm giving this issue a B. All right, I'll yes, I'll go.
1: Um... So we do cover art, interior art, and story. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with you on the cover. I'd Solid B. It, it, you know, as you said it's it's a good, it's a good action shot. You know, and they could have maybe, I, I would have pulled away a little and given a little distance. Maybe stuffed a couple more Joes in there. Yeah, I don't know. And. Yeah. Uh, you know, a couple of the guys look like they're you know could be fighting or could be having a rough day on the toilet. I don't know about their faces <laughs> there. That's but... 2001. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that good stuff. Uh, maybe would have. Uh... Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, um, Snake Eyes does have a blade out. I was going to say he should be. Yeah, it's, sword, it's right, but... right there. Well, yeah, his, yeah. I don't know how, how he's holding that though. Just noticed. He's got his elevator. Yeah. <laughs> so it deploys from his armpit. I think.
2: Um holding it backhanded.
1: Yep. It's a cybernetic thing. It just pops right out. He just raises, you know, raises the gun arm and the the, the knife comes out and pops into the other hand too. It's G.I. Oh, Joe. It could happen.
0: That's not the new guy on the cover, it's uh it's dude I just couldn't recognize <laughs> recognize him because his face is so extreme.
1: <laughs> Art, I'll you know, I agree with you on the it's a choice thing, but yeah, it wouldn't have been I said a couple of just a little too angular uh, there are some good shots in here, though. Um, as I said, I was a little taken aback by the, the... It was effective, but, man, five panels of just Scarlet and, and Snake Eyes, you know, maybe just one little move in one of the characters might have made it a little more believable. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely want to know what's going on there. Yeah, as, as Mike said, it, it definitely makes you want more. Storyline, I uh, said, good, good nostalgia in it nostalgia in it I I would have like I I almost would have like had some kind of you know G.I. Joe pre-action scene or pre-story action scene Mm. you know anything one of the you know one of the old Cobras you know pulling some some job or something and then getting recruited you know that way you know because they've obviously all split up too so I want to know more about what like the Cobra guys have been doing too you know in the meantime so I'm I'm sure the rest of the series kind of
0: gets to that but uh, dread Dreadnoughts are going to dreadnock baby. And yeah, Tomax and fair. Zaymod have new businesses, because that's what they do. Now, Zartan
1: was supposed, he was like the
0: Australian, right? In in the, um, in the cartoon, maybe, or in the books? I, uh, yeah, I think it's just a vague, not-American accent. Right. <laughs> okay. I can't remember exactly, <laughs> because he, in the original Marvel run, he's tied into... Snake Eyes and Cobra Commander, it's just like it's bananas. <laughs> so, just could have sworn yeah. when he showed up in the
1: later uh, cartoon, because I think he did show up in the cartoon series, right? Or yes, he was, he was on the cartoon. Like, yeah, yeah. So I thought he was maybe Australian in that, or at least that's it, what he might have been doing. Um. So yeah, so Inside Art, I'd, I'd give it another c plus to B-minus, just because of personal taste stuff, yeah. um, and, uh, the story was, was good, good it B-plus, um, just made me want more, so. All right. All right. Maybe a B, well, we'll go B, because I would have liked to have seen some more action, there was literally, like, none, so. <laughs> there's, there's nothing in there to justify kind of, you know, he killed one crocodile and that was all Yeah, that, that was
2: the most action we saw. So, yeah, <laughs> The new guy about
1: to get eaten by a crocodile. A little disappointing. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's about it. <laughs> Alright.
2: Alright, I'm not going to be nearly as long-winded. Nope. <laughs> I always hate judging art because I can't draw for shit.
0: I'd say the same effect, Yeah, right. You know yeah, what you totally. like. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah and th- this is fun. You know, this is it's fine. You know, it's it's got, a, it's got the character design. It. It's reintroducing you to uh, to the Joes, you know. So it's it's fine. You know, there's nothing overtly wrong with it, but at the same time, there's nothing great about it. It just kind of is. So I'll give that a I'll give that a B. Interior, you know, very like I, like I said before, very uh, of its t- of its time, very angular. If you like that sort of thing. So I guess I'll go another. Uh, all the car, all the characters are recognizable. So despite all the angles, I I really love Bazooka being uh, like fifty pounds overweight.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At least one of them is. There would have been, you yeah. know, the whole team's still just in top, tip top shape. Yeah,
2: know? all, them, well, all, it's... all of them look
1: absolutely ripped yeah. except well, for Bazooka. He's, he's working security. You yeah. Know? <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> he he he's working the mall. It's that sit down security apparently. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, so I, I guess interiors, uh, B, maybe B+. And as far as the story goes, yeah, I, uh, I agree that you know, maybe a, a little more action at the beginning. But overall, like I said before, it, do, it does, uh, it, it gives you everything you need, uh, makes you want more. So B plus for the story. And I think overall, the issue is a solid B.
0: All right, I think that all averages out between the three of us to a straight-up B across the board for this book. This is a B book. Buy it. Read it. Hello. Who's next? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mike's a monstrous thing we got to unpack. All right, yeah. all
2: right. Uh, here we go. All right, so my issue is uh, Superman Volume 2, Issue 121. It, was, it is cover dated March 1997, on sale date January 8th, 1997, and the story title is They Call It Suicide Slum. It is, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a one-off story, story and art by Dan Jurgens, finished art by Joe Rubenstein, letters uh, Joe Costanza, colors John Costanza, separations, which I have no idea what that is, are by, even... di- are by Digital Chameleon which is probably some kind of studio assistant editor is, uh, Mike McAveney and the editor is, uh, Joey Cavalieri. And here's, here's the synopsis here. The issue is, the issue was is framed by a uh, Clark Kent, who was writing a column about Letitia Johnson, a 10 year old girl living in the Simon project, the, uh, worst part of suicide slum, which is in turn the, uh, worst part of uh, metropolis. And she witnesses a uh, drive by shooting and the uh, things have gotten so bad there that, uh, both Commissioner Bill Henderson and Clark can't show up. Letitia notices the shooter's hanging around, and her mother uh, tells her to be quiet because if you talk, you uh, end up dead. But Letitia wants to talk because it's the right thing to do, and Clark tries to uh, to convince her to do so until her mother comes by and uh, whacks Clark upside the head with some truth about living in the Simon Project.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> then Clark while he's down, gets another lecture from Officer Monroe, who basically confirms uh, Letitia's mother's claim that even Superman thinks uh, Simon is hopeless. So, unwilling to accept reality, Clark returns that night as Superman to clean out the drugs and illegal weapons and uh, convinced that Leisha has... And uh, that night, I didn't put this initially, but that night, the uh, three gang members, uh, who don't have names, who I've taken to calling uh, Jacket, Cap, and Baldy. Yeah. <laughs> they they're going to uh kill Latisha during the night uh because they think uh she talked to Clark and uh, she didn't but they don't know that. Right. So and uh Superman stops them before cleaning out the uh cleaning out the project supposedly. So Clark returns the next day after Superman has cleaned the place out and the uh the three gang members get some uh some more guns from uh provided by somebody called Mr. L. That is all we know about him, but it's not hard to uh, figure out who that might be. <laughs> yeah. So Clark finds himself part of a drive-by shooting. He shields uh, Leticia from the front, takes out two uh, gangbangers in a car, but a third gets behind and shoots Leticia in the back, of the back of her head. Feeling guilty and unconcerned about his secret identity, Clark flies to the Metro General Hospital, where the doctors save her life. About a month later, Clark meets up with uh, Mr. Jupiter, who has hired Letitia's mother mother, and, quote-unquote, given them use of a house in a, quote-unquote, wonderful neighborhood. We learn that even Simon is better off now that Superman pops in every once in a while, and hopefully Superman has provided some uh, inspiration. So that's a very quick synopsis of uh, of this story. This has always been, like, kind of a standout issue of uh, of that time. You know, it's easy to, to get lost in all the uh, the supervillain fights, the uh, you know, you know, the uh, the death of Superman, the return of Superman, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the panic in the sky. This is a what I like about this story is, you know, one, you know, there's a lot of talk, especially these days, of how uh, Superman can't tackle social issues. Well, here's Superman dealing with social issues.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, big time.
2: Yeah, yeah, big 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 time here. And uh, you know, one of the things I like about this story. Is that I like stories that show Superman from the ground up. Yeah, we're always we're always up and we're always up in the sky with him, and it's nice to see him because you don't see Superman much in this issue at all. This Ooh. is for better. This is for the better, I think, uh, a Clark Kent story.
0: Yep,
2: and you only see Superman for those two pages, and it's always from the point of view of somebody else. So. You, you you never see him clearly because you would imagine people wouldn't see Superman clearly. He's moving so fast, uh, you know. Like I, saw, like I said, this has always been kind of a kind of a standout story, yeah, uh, just because it was so different from everything else being done in uh, done in those days. And this was really the last one-off issue before the Electric Blue era started. Ooh. so <laughs> this is right at the end of there, and Jurgens has always been kind of my uh, my Kurt Swan he he did he came on Superman 29 stayed to 150 so he really defined that era of Superman as much as anybody else did so but it is a story that is very much of its time with the uh, 90s uh, gang war and one thing I liked is that Superman didn't solve the problem he could you know the story could have told you he very easily you know he he saved he took away the guns everybody was safe I like that it kind of was open-ended that uh, you know, yeah, Superman could pop in once in a while and bring some guys yeah. in and it addressed the fact that you take out a couple of guys and a couple of gangbangers and a few more will take their place. So yeah. Yeah. It it gets to the point of what the problem might be, but it doesn't, Superman doesn't solve it for anybody, even though right. the problem is solved for the, uh, for the family because they do uh, get out. I left this issue this feeling like this could have Very well been an Adventures of Superman episode if that show was done nowadays.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's definitely Superman is the champion of the oppressed, which, uh, you know, that's one of the things that I think is lost when they try to adapt Superman now. And trust me, I love all the flights and tight stuff, too. But if you're not invested in Clark Kent as a journalist, and I know everything is digital now, doesn't change the fact that we still have journalism. You you should still have him and Lois be you know muckrakers that are out there in the arts, and even the glitzy parts of Metropolis trying to uncover the truth. That's always half the story with Superman. If you're not invested in that part of the humanity of Clark Kent, then the the punchy punchy can only take you so far. Right. Um, I'm
1: judge. I've got like a ton to say, but I'm gonna wait till you guys officially call on me. So. <laughs> All go, right, go for go. it. Go, 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 go ahead. ahead. Oh yeah, but I was really surprised by this issue. It was uh, it was not fun to read, but it was a great comic. You know, it's not supposed to be fun to read. And as you said, Mike, uh, Marvel kind of gets the the credit for being first on the ground floor with like tackling some of the social issues and stuff. But DC's never shied away from it. You know, and and they've got their landmark issues, too. This one felt very much to me like the, as you said, champion of the oppressed hero. But this had a lot of difficult questions it was asking, too. And a lot of contradictory answers, in a way, I thought. And that's what made it really good. But I I almost saw this as, like, the Green Arrow episode where, you know, the black man comes up to, to Hal and is like, Well, I've heard all about you, you know, protecting the the blue people and the purple people and the polka-dotted people, but what have you done for me? You know, <laughs> right. my people. Yeah. And um, this was kind of that cold water in the face to Clark, too, uh, moment. And and I hate to admit this, but his little uh, cleanup spree, like, instantly invoked Superman for the quest for peace for me. Oh, yeah. Um, a little so bit, yeah. Probably a a bit. watched more Superman movies than actually read superman
0: comics and i'm ashamed to say but no nah, it's not really true but well the ending of this is a lot more realistic than the ending of that movie um yeah <laughs> is which... it though
1: i mean yeah, i mean yeah obviously i mean you know we don't well i mean there's
0: really... no there's no grand speeches or anything oh. like that in no, this. Right. this is very this is very much down in the grit like I, yeah right
2: the, the family moves out but the problems
1: remain right you know it's yeah, still this... no matter and... what he does he can't he can't I mean, there's the message there that not even Superman can save everybody because that's you know something that's that's been going on you know forever in his stories, um, and it's necessary. You know, I mean, yeah, you have to have. I him.
2: like I like the you know the people of in the project having the belief that Superman either doesn't care or passes over them.
1: Yeah, it's it's very. Yeah, very intense and very as you said, very grounded in and from the people's point of view story. And and the content, the way, you know, it's essentially Clark narrating the whole thing right. you know, he, in his column. He's writing a column. Yeah. yeah. Um, puts it at a very interesting, you know, point of view perspective. There's there's a few different point of view perspectives in this. And uh, Yeah, it's you can see that I mean it's written that okay, this is this is a learning moment for Clark too, who, you know, many people think he has all the answers and can do no wrong, but um, he he literally makes shit worse, you know, in in this at one point, and has to kind of accept that, that he he doesn't know everything, he doesn't know always the best way to go about his heroing.
2: Well, I I think it highlights his naivete naivete, I can't talk tonight his naivete and uh, his idealism which is a little out of place in this environment
1: Yeah, 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 completely
2: He's used to being able to uh, to solve the Lex Luthor's and the dark sides, but this is this is a more personal problem, and he even says it in the column. This is a more personal thing that he does not understand.
1: Yeah, yeah. Totally. He doesn't
2: understand people who prey on
1: other on other people. Yeah. I think he would by now, but yeah, he's he's that idealistic that he, you know, no matter how much he is in the mud um, with the villains, uh, he just does not... D- doesn't get that if you play by the rules, things don't always work right. out for you.
2: And yeah. at the end, he accepts the truth that that he considers it his fault that he's not going to beat himself up over it but he is a, Yeah, no, I have ignored this place for years Yeah, and whether that was by choice or by circumstance the reality is that he has ignored this place and not done anything about it
1: and I think it's good that they mentioned that things have gotten better since he started coming around more you know because duh but um I thought it was kind of problematic in a way. I mean, without that statement, I think it's kind of problematic that, you know, them moving, them getting set up in the house um, is like, I think the lesson there is like, oh, geez, okay, the only way to, you know, survive this is to get out, you know. And that's, you know, I, I would like to think that Superman just doesn't want to evacuate every good person from the bad parts of town. You know, he's got to hope... There's got to be the hope there that you can change things at the root instead of just having to flee it all the time. You you know, we've got to believe that we can make our neighborhood better and not just have to escape it. So, I don't know. There was a contradictory message in a way.
2: Right, but if you're around uh, a lot of inner city areas, uh, one of the things some people are trying to do is get out. Mm -hmm. You You know, there are some people who get caught in the cycle. Yeah. And the only way... To save themselves is to get out, is to remove themselves from from the bad part of town.
1: All right, but the the Superman ideal has to be that we can make the neighborhood better, so people don't want to escape.
2: Right, you know, and, the... but that's that's <laughs> yeah. going to be a slow process, and not yeah. result yeah. in a twenty two issue comic. And that's something they talk about at the end. I guess we're supposed to believe that there's hope. I hear with the kids at the end uh, in their Superman pajamas and their Superman action figures. Yeah,
1: yeah, that was a good good panel, a good page. Um, hey, you said this is you know indicative of the late '90s, but man, this has been this is cyclical. This is this oh, is yeah, a story is. that could have been done in the '80s, could have been in the '2000s, could have been well, today.
2: The '90s Before gang 80s. war stuff, things, uh, oh yeah, late '90s. You know, now now the uh, the conflict has changed somewhat.
1: Yeah, this is still the code, though. Man, it, 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 I didn't it, see it's, nothing. It's Snitches problem. get stitches. You know, that's yeah, that's, that's the, the street law, and probably always will be, in a way. So I mean it's funny this made me think of a professor um that I had when I went back to college in my 40s um you know human services professor big black guy dreadlocks um he was involved in every community thing you could think of around here and, and pretty well respected but he he always used to say in class he's like I'm one of those people he was superman he was he was black superman cuz he would he was the guy that would you know he's like I I you know
2: yeah, well, one his thing favorite
1: is, saying was like, "Damn right, I told." You know, he, It's right. like, "You see something in the neighborhood going down? Right. It's like you either got to stand or, or live on you know, one stand thing, on your feet uh, or live on your one knees." One thing
2: this yeah. issue doesn't doesn't have is, and I I think it could be something that Jurgis just isn't aware of, but in these inner city areas, the you know the people who are not you know in the gangs doing the drive bys, there's a tremendous sense of community. You yeah, know, oh, in yeah. these
1: places. So I wish we could have seen a little bit more of that. Yeah. Well, there even is with any kind of organized crime situation, you know. There's even the criminals are part of the community, right? You know, in a way, they, you know, they have their obviously people that that like them and they do things for, them and then they have their innocent victims too, but, right? You know, if you don't, and even game,
2: but... and even one of the three uh, gang members didn't want to do this. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Apparently, this girl is well known enough that there's something special about her.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so even you don't mess with. Well, I mean, that was used to be part of the code too. You know, you don't right, mess. You with don't mess with children. You children, elders. You know, but it whatever. seemed like there was yeah. something about
2: this particular child. Yeah. So now, even though there's no way in hell we're ever going to sympathize with these guys, uh, they were they felt real. They didn't oh, yeah. feel like your cardboard cutout. Uh, no, gang members.
0: No, this no, they weren't, well they weren't. They were twirling their mustaches yeah. <laughs> right. at all.
1: And that's the scarier kind of villain, right? It I mean, is. You know. John, you're never going to see Superman, you know, you're never going to see a, hopefully, you never see a giant robot walking down your neighborhood. Uh, <laughs> but there are people with guns out there and, right. and do nefarious things to keep their power. So, yeah, good stuff, man. Good choice. Yeah. Are we ready to rate this thing? Sure.
2: All right. I give this story an A. minus. You know, there are a few nitpicks I have about it. I I'm not a big fan of the, uh, Mr. L thing, obviously we know <laughs> yeah. that's Lex Luthor, you know that kind of that cheapens it in a way.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know. But, well, yeah, it puts it's like yeah. Oh, okay, okay this is still a Superman story. Yeah. Yeah. So,
2: and, <laughs>
0: well, he
1: is the big bad of the books. So, yeah. Right.
2: Now, I don't remember what he was doing around this time, but
1: you know, well, Lex Luthor is going to be selling like missiles to other yeah. countries and stuff. I don't know if he's really going to be. Uh, Lex will
0: the... sell to anybody that's.
1: Some... That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Anything that causes chaos, it's more about right and the you
2: know. approves of chaos. Yeah, yeah. So, and and this is not a fault of uh, of this story, but cause I would have liked to have seen this followed up on. You know, I mean, not not constantly, but you know, maybe once or two, once or twice. Never happened because two issues after this, we go to Electric Blue, and uh, there's all kinds of craziness for the next two years. Yeah, <laughs> but. In all the points of view, nobody's wrong.
0: Right. Which, yeah, absolutely. Which,
2: which like.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you only know what you know, so... It's... Right.
2: And I like that Clark uh, learned uh, le- learned something here. I don't think you could do this issue nowadays.
1: Um, I almost think you should, but yeah, you may be right, Mike. I don't know. I mean,
0: well... You, the internet right. would rip in half of an issue. Like this, that. yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It, it, if you did do this issue right now, and you had the perpetrators of these crimes as african-american yes you would be torn to shreds yeah, yeah. um so it, you'd have to walk a very fine line and it's not something that i mean a, a book from an indie company might do it right um but you're not going to get it out of the big two right no. now no, i don't think right
2: now. now as far as the as far as the cover actually I did, I did the, all right i like the cover yeah I mean, uh, I like the oh. lack of color and the spot color of the cape. The way the cape is positioned on, on the t-shirt makes it look a little dire than things actually turned out. Yeah. right. Yeah,
1: it's not real accurate. It, you know, it's... No,
2: it's like, you know. But I, I like the uh, the look on Superman's face. The and the clenched fist, uh, you know, shows that he's angry. But, you know, and I like the. It's almost like 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 a like a film negative. Yeah. yeah. So I li- I like uh, that effect. It's hard to say if this that would have enticed me to pull it off the stands because this was because back in nineteen ninety seven this was in my pull box. So, uh, I yeah, I, I give, I'll, I'll give the color an A. The interior art, to me, is a step down.
1: Yeah,
2: I don't know if Juergens did, I don't know what Jergens did, I don't know if he if he penciled or just did breakdowns, but I don't I, I don't think Jergens and Rubenstein is a very good combination there's little little cartoony in some places but the uh, the one panel that stands out with uh with Clark cradling Letitia after she was shot and she's holding his shirt open that's a very uh, that's a very jergens superman right there but he never jergens is never better than when you think by Brett Breeding. that seems to be like the magic combination is when when he's paired with somebody else his art is kind of less than what I hard to judge because I expect a lot of Dan Jergens art. <laughs> Cause like I said before, he's kind of my Kurt Swan, but uh, so for the art, I'll go B and overall for me, the issue is an A minus. All right. All
0: right. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I'll start off with the cover. I, I love the cover. Um, I don't know if, uh, maybe they were reading a lot of sin City at the time I don't know uh, yeah uh, but it's um, it definitely draws your eye and when you do that just pop of the primary colors in a and all that negative space it uh, definitely pulls your eye toward it because you instantly look at this girl on the ground yeah. covered by Superman's cape uh, that makes me want to read the book you know what happened to this to this kid to this person that has Superman looking like and they do it without the red glowy eyes of anger. Yeah, yeah. Like he's ready to go stomp a mud hole in somebody. Oh, uh, we get we get that in the book. Yeah, I know. But the cover doesn't do it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> cover does it without that. Um yeah, I think the cover's great. I uh I'll I'll go A minus on the cover. I I that one that one I would hang on my wall because that's instantly gonna get anybody that sees that is gonna go, ooh, tell me about that what was the story with that? Uh, the interior art. Um, yeah, I, it's, uh, I did not care for the interior art. Um, it's just, there's something off about it. Um, you know, sometimes the characters are off model backgrounds are very boring, but I mean, I guess I could play that off as you're in suicide slum. There's not really going to be a lot of detailed and they're focusing on the, the character parts of it, so I guess I get that. That being said, um, yeah, none of the none of the interior art really stands out, other than that one that one page with the the close up on Superman's open uh, jacket with uh, Letitia in his arms,
2: and and Uh, the one where they're doing uh, the Dark Knight Returns.
0: Oh, um, they're ripping on
2: the uh, Batman breaking the gun when Superman burns them in his hands,
0: right? Yeah, that that page is pretty good too. Um, you know, it feels very super y <laughs> And uh but uh, I mean other than that it's I mean again, like I always say I can't draw either. Um, but this would not be my preferred art style. Um I got to I got to go with the C for the interior art on this. Um the story, yeah, the story is great. Um I don't really have the same nitpicks that that you guys do. Um and again, it's it's a tough it's a tough issue to read uh, just because of the subject matter. But that's the kind of thing that they would allow Superman to do, you know, occasionally, which they should be doing more of, uh, is tackling some of these more serious issues where it's not all just people in tights. Um, you know, even though that's the bread and butter, you got to throw a couple of these issues in there just to, to keep it real. Um, yeah, I'll go, I'll go with an A minus on the story. So, uh, I guess that probably rounds out to, uh, I don't know, probably what a B, maybe a B minus. I don't know, a B-, minus. But uh, yeah, this is uh, this one is definitely worth reading.
1: Cover art, um, yeah, Sin City all the way, and I think that maybe turned me off a little bit. But the more I'm looking at it now, it is like very striking, and I, yeah, I could hang that on my wall too. You know? Yeah, it would. I think it would make me want to pull it off of a rack just because you don't, you know, it's it's so different than what you would think Superman, at least for a casual reader, right. Um, and just be like, okay, I mean, it's kind of obvious what the issue is going to tackle. Gotta take up a couple points for for being, uh, you know, inaccurate, and that we never really actually saw Letitia covered up, thank goodness, but, um, right. <laughs> unless that was the first guy that got murdered or something. Yeah, but it actually yeah, relates
0: getting... to the issue. Yeah. <laughs>
1: no. Um, Interior, um, not thrilled. There's a lot of, yeah, it almost looks like there's a lot of lazy backgrounds going on in some of these. And, like, Clark in, in one panel I'm looking at, um, Clark just looks like he's completely drawn by a different artist or something, and it's weird. Uh, looks like Jay Leno in one panel. Well, <laughs> I, I do like the close-up. There's a lot of good close-ups. There's a lot of good, you know, face work, I think, especially in the, the gang members and stuff.
2: Um, One of the best things is that everybody, everything is in motion. Everybody's moving. Yeah, not a lot of just people standing around.
1: And I think I like that they the gang members are almost more detailed than the rest of the characters, and I think that's a good thing. And it's it shows you the human horror of that, you know. And and you could have just as easily gone a little lazier on the art on the gang members, you know, and just made them the cartoons. Um, but they're, you know, it's. Later in the book, though, some of the art, yeah, it goes a little wonky, and it's almost like they're running out of time. <laughs> I gotta get in by deadline, guys. Let's just wrap this up. I don't know what to rate of these. What Did I, did I even say anything for the cover? I'm going to go with uh, B-plus for the cover. Because uh, the Sin City thing just, just, just you know. Yeah. Just, and now is. that you've put the seed in my mind about the Dark Knight Returns, them wrecking the guns. Uh, I, I didn't really catch that, but that's a good point. Um, I almost think they should have, it was a brave story. Well, interior art. I'm going to go with a B minus. So we're at a B now. Um, story like, wow. I mean, it's dense and it almost is too ambitious for one issue. Although, you know, you can't drag something like this over several issues. You know, you got to throw the supervillain in there soon after that. And one.
2: this is the time where the books were interconnected.
1: Yeah. So if the story oh, continued,
2: yeah. it would have gone through the adventures of Superman, and I'm not sure this is the kind of thing he'd want to give to another writer.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a good one-off. You know, maybe it make it a, a double-sized issue, um, you know, to tackle this particular social thing that they're going for. Which is important and and done well in a way, but it just almost asks so many questions with, with no resolution. I think if they had been a little braver, and this is going to sound just completely horrible, they would have let Lizzie should let die. To say it too. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. We probably should have let her die, and and just to nail home the point, you know that. You know, Superman can't save everybody, but when he decides he's going to, it happens. Well, not always, you know. So I mean, right. I almost thought they could have gone a little, little darker. And yeah, I don't think there was anybody DC
0: but... was going to let a, a right. child be killed right. in one of their mainstream books. But you time. know,
1: you either go when you're going to do one of these social issue issues. I, I think you either go all in or you know go home. I, in a way, mm. that's just my personal opinion, but. And I'm, oh, I'm the guy that wanted the child in the comic to die. So <laughs> I'm gonna just shut up now <laughs> and give the story a, an A, big ass A for effort. Uh, even though I'm not sure I like the resolution, but I did like the. I really, I'm glad Leticia died, guys. I really am glad she. Or I'm glad she lived. I mean, it's <laughs> my girlfriend storms out of the room. and be like, I don't even know you. Um. <laughs> Sorry, God, Mike. The
2: resolution is a little too pad. Well, it's almost at a point, oh, we're at page 22, we got to finish this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's just, and it just, said, I think there's a little white savior problematic stuff going on at the end. Sure, yeah. there could be, you know, if they didn't mention that, you know, that Superman is, you know, still going back to that neighborhood and taking care of things. If you're just like, okay, I rescued one girl, and that's it. Now, now back to the giant robots. So, yeah, it was important mm. that they mentioned he was coming back. <laughs>
2: we, we started turning blue in a month, so. Yeah.
1: Also, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, A for yeah. for story. So I guess that puts us at about a B plus, maybe. All
0: right.
2: All right. And now, honestly, I'm just here to, to hear, hear how uh, Scott is going to synopsize his book. I, you I'm... can't.
1: I know, and I swear <laughs> on my mother, I, I did this completely at random out of my long box. I just grabbed like four right. of them, and, uh, and this was the only Marvel I actually came up with. So uh, I did What If? Everyone knows the old uh, What If? series, which I used to love. You know, there was, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. now I don't, does What If even exist in any any form whatsoever in book form?
2: Well, I don't know, book formats it's going to exist on TV in about a year or so. Yeah, and
1: that's cool. But, I mean, it got to the point in comics, and that's kind of why I stopped reading most of the ones I was, and that you didn't need what if. What if, to me, was always, you know, this is where we can get a little dark with some of the stories and kill off some of our favorite characters. Oh, yeah. Evil that way, I guess. You know, and have some really interesting deviations of alternate realities, of course. Um, But now it just seems like, you know, the. They just do events, and they'll kill off half the cast and then magic them back to life. So, I mean, you don't really need What If anymore. Um, (laughs) But I picked What If uh, 34.
2: What If the Watcher went off his diet.
1: Yeah, (laughs) and went out of his mind. um, But it's uh, from 1982. Various artists and writers, and um, actually we've got... Editor-in-Chief was what?
2: You're going to attempt this?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, you know. Well, I at least give the, the main stats here. Yeah. Editor-in-chief is a Jim Shooter. Cover artist is Bob Layton. And then just various writers. A lot of Fred Hembeck. Yeah. Uh, we'll find out why in a minute. We've got some uh, Tom DeFalco, um, Dave Simons. Um, even Frank Miller makes makes a little appearance here. Jim Shooter does some writing. Uh, Bob Hall, Mark Grunwell. Um, Al Milgram, um, so a lot of you know Dave Cochran does some stuff. John Ramita, uh, John Ramita Senior, probably some John Ramita Junior in there too, though. Well, he might have been still a young lad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of Terry Austin we got. I'm going down the list right now here. Um, but yeah, a lot, a lot of different uh, various writers, and essentially um, the the highlights I've, I've marked down here. It's from 1982, published August 1982. Just trying to stand format here, um, and and the highlights are uh, the cover has a warning on it. Now it has you know a bunch of pictures of our favorite heroes, but they don't quite look like our favorite heroes. They look very silly, and uh, and then we have a yes, a very plump watcher um, right on the cover here, and he's crying in the little panel, you know, underneath the uh, the price tag. And he says, "Stop! Don't buy this issue. If I could only violate my sacred trust, which you do all the time, anyway. Yeah. And again, meddle in human affairs, I would save you from that by
2: showing up. You violated <laughs> the, right. the
1: Marvel universe has gone crazy, and the alternate realities will never be the same again. And then we are basically treated to, or I don't know, treated to or tortured by, depending on your feelings on it, <laughs> to like just a plethora of bad puns." visual pun jokes essentially and you know just the craziest and stupidest what ifs that you could think of or <laughs> what the, uh, the the staff at Marvel thought of while drinking lots of scotch during the day um, what are the other so I'm just gonna run down a few of them and, and like the the opening panel pages, is, you know, tries to lull you in a sense of normalcy, and you've got the classic Kirby-esque. Kirby, uh, yeah. You know, uh, Watcher there doing his spiel for way too long. There are a lot of words in this book for just being slight puns. Um, and the
2: Watcher is really ripped here.
1: He is. In yeah. this one, yeah, it's like Hulk Watcher, you know, and then all of a sudden the silly Watcher's fat bursts through the book, you know, breaking the fourth wall of the fourth wall breaking What If series, and, um, you know, tells us we're, we're in for a silly ride. And, uh, so we get a whole book full of alternate unrealities and just running down, you know, some of the, some of the ones we've got here. What if uh, ghost rider had possessed someone else? And we have like examples <laughs> of, you know, granny <laughs> ghost rider, um, you know, I, you know, where is it? Just, uh, you know, if, I, I, I like radio, vengeance right. on you right after, you know, I, I, Get some warm milk and cookies, or something like that. <laughs> ghost skater and ghost baby, um, you know. Extrapolate that in your head where those go. You <laughs> get something like, uh, what if every Avenger remained an Avenger, and you just got every Avenger, <laughs> you know, ever, you know, trying to pack into a room. That would be but one
2: long staff. That would be one long staff meeting.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, and deciding who does monitor duty is just going to be a murder. Um, stuff like what if black belt got the hiccups if you know black belt you know where that's going Um, and there's actually one page (laughs) where the uh, talent listed is script stories for writers and draw pictures for artists yeah and and i'm thinking um because the one gag on there is what yeah. if Power Man were white? <laughs> yeah. And so apparently no one wanted their name on that one, understandably yeah, no. so. Or Stan was basically like, "Yeah, we're not gonna know." <laughs> <laughs> and you know we've got what's, other stuff like uh, well, what's what if, that?
2: What's that at the bottom there? Right underneath it.
1: Which one? Oh, the the what if
2: Power Man were white? It looks like there's. I, I can't magnify it enough, but it looks yeah, like there's a name down there.
0: Writers, script, stories, and artists, uh-huh. draw pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, you know.
1: And the other ones are you know harmless enough. What if the Hulk were yellow? What if the Invisible Girl dyed her hair?
0: What if the Thing were blue? And what if Power Man were white? So... Yeah, I, I, we have to read what he's saying. Come on, hug the wall, hug the sucker. wall, sucker. <laughs> Luke, Luke Cage, Cage is, is a funky honky. Hunky. <laughs>
1: Send all complaints to Cheap Scott Productions at. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Send back. all complaints
0: yeah, to Marvel. Right.
2: Yeah, that's right. You didn't write it. it. Didn't write I, it. <laughs> yeah,
0: true. I'm just reporting. You decide. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, but as I said, it's, it's this all the way through. I just want to run. You know, as you said, Mike, the only way to do a synopsis of this is just run down some of the highlights. Yeah. And there weren't that many. This this could have been funnier. I got a kick out of it, it because
2: a middle aged accountant
1: yeah yeah that was uh when i didn't see coming I, uh, I liked the whole book i had one. i had too i mean when i first bought it it was just like oh my god you know and, and i'd been buying what ifs for i had the one right before this which was what if dazzler was a herald of galactus and then uh, what if uh iron man uh was in king arthur times you know or basically became you know King Arthur, so it was already kind of leaning towards silly, and and then they went right off the ledge. I like if, this one.
2: What yeah. if one, what if Wonder Man were a woman and Power Man were a girl? I like that one. Right, yeah. <laughs> and then you got the little letter about the uh, distinguished competition. Yeah. Yes,
1: distinguished combination. <laughs> lawyer, our lawyers suggested you do not run this gag.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, um, I to mean, get stuff like uh, what if uh, Willie Lumpkin were Harold the Galactus, and Just, you know, sees him riding off on a, you know, cosmic uh, mail carrier cart with, you know, reading a postcard that says, you know, Earth's schedule will be destroyed tomorrow. (laughs) I
0: I like the one right below that. What if Ghost Rider owned a fast food franchise? Have it my way or else. Yeah.
1: You I mean, just stuff like, what if, uh, Howard the Duck formed his own super team?
0: I'd read with... the shit out of it. Oh, that. absolutely. Yeah. And I,
1: I'm amazed no one's done that yet. They probably have done some version. Isn't there, like, an Animal Avengers? It point? was the yeah. Avengers, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's the way to... yeah, that would have been great. That been but I'm often more Devil Dinosaur,
0: so. Yeah, oh, know. yeah. But, yeah.
1: Um, so. Just, uh, tons of them. Not, not all of them were funny. Some of them were, some of them weren't. Uh, the, uh. The, the one that was drawn by Frank Miller was, uh, he must have just been getting into Daredevil probably about this yep. time. Um, what if Daredevil was deaf instead of blind? And, yeah. yeah. That was pretty tasteless as hell, actually. With uh, Matt beating the shit out of people until they can't, you know, until they talk. And, of course, they're trying to, but he can't hear them. He's like, I'll tell you everything. And he's just he's <laughs> wailing on them. Um, they get a big. We get to meet some of our, our Marvel staff, and they've got "What if the Marvel production crew existed in this reality?" and it's got pictures of like a bunch of them. Um, what if Alpha Flight talked like TV Canadians, like Bob and Doug McKenzie at the time? I <laughs> uh, uh, what if Aunt May became a superhero? You know they, that can go many places. What if uh, Reed Richards hadn't invented unstable molecules? So of course you have. You know, the torch naked all the time, and, and um, you know, the suit doesn't turn visible, and the thing rips all his clothes. Uh, yeah, they,
2: they seem to have a good time with nakedness. Uh, so, paid before that, what if Bruce Banner's pants didn't stretch when
1: it became the Hulk?
0: Right, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, we've always wondered.
1: Yeah, of course. And the, Hulk would,
2: not, the Hulk would not be that embarrassed. Hey, no, Unstable he Malecuse Malac- Malac- was,
1: was no. probably the, the best you know invention that stanley ever, ever came up with oh it's brilliant shit.
0: yeah not as that's brilliant it. as the one-page troll they do in this though what if the silver surfer white tiger night rider ice man <laughs> yeah. and moon knight fought wendigo in a snowstorm and it's just a white panel yeah then it's that's
1: like black <laughs> panther shroud and you know, you know they it, fought in a coal mine yeah yeah it's just so, a solid black panel yeah I was ragging on the uh, GI Joe for you know having the easiest uh, page ever to produce. Uh, it was actually in this book. Ah,
0: yeah. no, but see, this is <laughs> but this is going for a gag, and they nail it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, they they went a little creepy at one point. What if Hulk married She Hulk? Yeah, which, well, which yeah. ended up being a yeah. I Love Lucy parody, which was was, and then She Hulky is a, a a blondie cartoon parody. Yeah, so, that so,
0: art is. Yeah brilliant (laughs) yeah that
1: was really good stuff um but again we don't like to think of the cousin thing uh what if dr strange was an ordinary stage magician that was pretty funny and then we get an obnoxio the clown what if he fought crime um that's
2: the parents uh by batman yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) in the top right panel
1: Mm mm-hmm um, this one was good what if Daredevil could actually see his enemies he would not be the man without fear anymore he'd be like oh my god I'm fighting this guy and you know <laughs> uh, what if Iron Man had an eating problem instead of a drinking problem so we get some fat shaming in here um, so of he course still suits up man yeah he's trying yeah. to crowbar himself into in, in the, the armor and, uh,
2: Unst- unstable, unstable armor
1: uh, what if Galactus needed quick cash and he's Pawns, the silver surfer of course and 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 finally what the last one which we just had yet had to know is coming what will happen <laughs> not if but when Stanley reads this issue and it's just a picture of stan saying you're fired enough said so um oh there was another one good what if the all, all the watchers and all the realities just watched each other watching watchers including the watcher elmer fudd shows up yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so that was neat. What if King Conan were Bing Conan? And so <laughs> yeah. you got little dated Bing Cosby and, and Bob Hope makes an appearance, uh, who Bing abandons to doom by a gorilla. So <laughs> a little road movie there. And yeah, it was just chock full of, a lot. I mean, they stuffed yeah. a lot of these in here. Some yeah. of them, yeah, I didn't. I didn't go over the ones that kind of were like too cringe worthy to bother. Uh, but overall, uh, I like this a lot. Um, and that's, it was fun. Yeah, you know. The only and, and, problem it,
2: was that 36 pages started to become less fun as it went on. It did. It and, and, does and, feel know, a little long.
1: Like,
0: okay, I I get you it. You what though? You got your dollars' worth back then.
1: <laughs> you did oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> stuff. You know, they they run the they regurgitate a couple of the jokes. Like what if Black Bolt hosted a television talk show? Yeah. You know, same thing as if he had the hiccups. And, if I don't know, movies? I want to see
2: more of a bizarre the middle-aged
1: accountant. I don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. why, but... <laughs> yeah, there's some some intricate and strange ones here, and then there's just whole pages of just really dumb puns. Yeah. But um, And then some just flat-out don't work. Uh, but, yeah, overall, it was, it was pretty fun. Um, good to see... Hanbeck is just, you know, like, legendary... Yeah with this stuff anyway and then they let him have a lot of the issue but there, there is some it's hard to you know judge this on art and everything i mean cover art the cover art i'm gonna give like i don't know b minus because because they kind of actually you know they they pretty much
0: spoil every gag right on the cover and i think that's yeah is. Uh, that like, Stan know.
2: Lee as Captain America behind uh Thor. I think it's
0: Stan Lee as everybody that's not automatically recognizable. <laughs> right. And it a... looks
1: like he's got the, like almost the Thor
0: wings around it Oh yeah, his, oh,
2: yeah there
1: he is the Doctor Strange. Yeah. no <laughs> man thing yeah. even makes an appearance in, on the cover at least, and uh, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Not not a hugely exciting. As I said, they gave away too many gags in this, in my opinion. Um, to, kind of spoil the surprise. Although I do like Ant-Man lighting the uh, match in the Watcher's Toes. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, there he is down
2: there. A lot going on here. If you don't really look at it, you miss a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, just you know, what grabbed me on this obviously was like, stop, don't buy this issue. Well, of course I'm going to buy this issue. It's brilliant. I'm I'm an easy (laughs) mark when someone tells me not to do something. Um. (laughs) Scott, don't get hit by that bus. Yeah, well, you know. (laughs) Things that I can control and, and pay for, mostly. <laughs> but, yeah, it was a fun read and, and a nice uh, bringing up the mood, hopefully, of this podcast after that soul-crushing issue Mr. Zuma laid on us. Um, <laughs> well, that's all I got to say. Cover, I'll give a B-. minus. Uh, inside art is really hard to judge because there is actually some really good art in here because there's some really great artists in here. And they showed up for it at least. Some of them didn't so much, but for the most part, some pretty good art by the guys that did it, especially the Hembeck stuff early on. Yeah. Um, so go about a B on the inside stuff, and story I'll go uh, another straight like B, uh, just because there is no story, but it's still fun, and a lot of it isn't really funny, but <laughs> um. Yeah i wouldn't be you know going on ebay and buying this for 500 bucks or anything let's just put it that way i don't think it's got that much staying power uh but i was i i think the the staff obviously had fun you know it's almost yeah. like guest editor month on back to the bins this book oh yeah oh uh, there you go so hey unintentional synergy there that's always good i do love yes. the uh she hulky and i love lucy that's that's probably yeah. some of the best in here because it really does look like uh those old strips. Yeah. Um, that's all I got, so we're about right. a solid B, I'd say. Maybe all right. B-ish all right. For me anyway. All right. What do you guys think?
2: I'll go I guess I'll go next. Cover, you know, the, the cover's a lot of fun. Definitely. So I'll give the cover. We've already talked to Ed about the cover. So, uh I'll give that I'll give that a solid B. You know, like I said, it's a lot of fun all year. Although it does spoil the Stanley gag at the end. Now that I'm really looking at it, and I almost don't know how to rate the uh, the interior of this thing. <laughs> yeah. Just because there's just because there's so many different artists, and and some like you said, some of it's really good, and some of it's not so good. So, I guess I'll just kind of go with the middle of middle of the road uh, B. And as far as well. What we can call the story is. I really like this concept. This concept was was a lot of fun, definitely. But it does. But like I said before, at 36 pages, as I was reading this, I was starting to uh, get a little bored with the idea. So uh, maybe, maybe, I just, maybe in the middle, just not being funny for a few pages, which is definitely possible. But so I'll, I'll give. I guess i will rate the concept. I'll give that. Uh, give that about a B plus. So uh, I think that it's the issue of solid B
0: all right uh, yeah the cover is certainly fun uh but as everybody's mentioned it's uh spoiling a lot of the gags you could have easily just had the watcher with nothing in the background yeah uh, imploring you not to buy this issue but i guess you got to sell what's on the inside so um that being said the the actual cover itself the uh the rendering is is nice um but it's uh it's not gonna blow anybody away. see I'm gonna give it a c plus um, the interior art again, every panel that's trying to do something specific looks fine
1: yeah
0: um, but because it is so all over the board, um, I'd have to go with the c plus as well. There are certain pages and panels that are great um, but with the humor book I, I'm you know I'm probably being harsh but uh, interior art, I'm going to give a C-plus as well, just because it is so all over the board. That hembeck stuff, though, mm, that's some good stuff. Uh, and the uh, the story, like you said, there is no story. Uh, so it's really kind of hard to rate on that. Um, but I guess I'd have to go by each page. Each page is giving you a joke uh, or several jokes. Uh, and again, it's going to come down to your sense of humor. And some of it's really hit or miss. Uh, there's a lot of Dazzler in this for some reason. I don't yeah. know why. I guess they were really trying to make her happen. And hey, look, she's hot. It's great. You know, roller skating, uh, singing, Vigilante. Well, As I said, the you, issue
1: before this was what if Dazzler became the Herald of Galactus, and that was pretty silly. But
0: uh, yeah, <laughs> I also I also popped for the Spidey intellectual stories. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Make, you know, the Mad Thinker doesn't get enough love for sure. And uh, but even the even the rendering of uh, the Watcher at the end of that little two-page gag is him just yawning and turning the page himself. Yeah. Uh, that being said, because there is no story and it's just jokes, again, C+, so I guess I'm a little bit lower than you guys on this. That that being said, I had a great time reading this. I'll never reread it, yeah. uh, and I yeah, certainly won't not... see it yeah. so, now. The jokes uh... ain't getting any better the second time. <laughs> no, right? no. they've aged sure. like milk. Yeah. Um. So, uh, C plus on that. So I'm a I'm a straight C plus across the board on this on this one.
1: Cool. Sorry, I got something so weird and linear. No, I'd that's literally what, no, just it picked was, this oh, at random. <laughs> I
0: don't I don't need an excuse to go back and reread old old what ifs because I love that series as well. Yeah,
1: I just uh, I just found a bunch of them. Like the whole first volume one just fell off a truck into my computer. Yeah, I'm gonna start enjoying those again. <laughs> But I do have a physical copy of this one, I swear. All right. (laughs) We (laughs) don't have rules. I don't know if that's the rules or not, but it should be. I did go to my bin, my long box, my bin, my one and only bin, which is probably going to, it's actually completely full. So if I had any more garage sales this year, I'm going to need a new bin. (laughs) I'm
2: about 100% sure that my issue is still in my bin. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, I'm just kind of selling them all indiscriminately, uh, just because I'm tired of lugging them around every time I move, right? <laughs> and none <laughs> of my kids, none neither of my kids are going to want them. So, what am I dragging them around for? Plus, I've got them all digitally now. So,
0: there you go. We just don't have enough space for what we love.
2: No, we do not. But apparently, I can put it all on, on a flash drive, so
0: I'm yeah. okay. <laughs> well, yeah. anything else we want to say about these three books?
1: No, good what? reads, though, guys. they were. I don't know. Yeah. mine was, I enjoyed, I haven't really read a comic, you know, I've been doing some Preacher and Boys and stuff here and there for podcasts. I want to read some G.I. Jonah. <laughs> oh, I do, yeah. too. I'm, like, almost, like, ashamed to admit that, but. Uh... Honestly, <laughs> as, as, as fun as this
0: one is, go back and, and, and reread. That that Marvel run, man. I've yeah.
2: never read the Marvel run, so I gotta
0: those, go back and find it. Those are those are page turners, man. They're they were know, they were
1: good. I used to have issue number one and I don't anymore.
0: Good yeah. action, decent art, and then uh you know, the it the the main characters that you want to follow, you get everything about them by the time this wraps up. And that's half the fun of that series is seeing how everything interweaves.
1: <laughs> so that was a good one. That uh, Superman was,
0: yeah. Uh, good that tool. was good choices. Definitely better than mine. <laughs> well, that that one I couldn't quite breeze through. Like, okay, I need to read every single word yeah. of this. Yeah, unfortunately. So, yeah. yeah. Um but yeah.
1: Well, hopefully, if Paul ever have me on again, I will. I will have something more compelling. I was going to originally do uh, like number issue number one of Ronin, but I, then we did divvied up the. Uh, <laughs> the books and I picked that one at random and just like yes. Yeah, well, did anyone
2: honestly think I'd bring something other than Superman? No,
1: no, but that's cool. That's why we, we <laughs> handed you over DC right away. Although I, I when I did my random pull, I I did pull out an old, uh, I don't know, probably late seventies uh, Legion of the Superheroes that I kind of would have. I'm definitely going to read because it's still sitting on the table, but <laughs> it would have been a good one. No cap Canuck here. <laughs> you know Captain Canuck? No. I have a Captain Cuse comic laying around here somewhere from Syracuse, New York. They, they had their own superhero for a while. Some artist created as Captain Cuse and then he, he retired and just nothing happens in Syracuse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know... Thought the lake, Great Great, you know, I guess he would have been a good fit with like the Great Lake Avengers, but no. <laughs> <laughs> he never made the team. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> They're caught in the lake effects now. Uh, yeah, yeah, and Syracuse only has you know one Great Lake. We almost yeah. have two here in Rochester. Almost, we're close enough to Erie to call it our own. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, I don't know. How do we how do we officially sign off here? We've done our grades. I guess I guess that's it. I want to do a good yeah. job. Uh, this is a good podcast.
0: Yeah it, yeah. it was fun. I enjoyed reading all these and uh hopefully we did the uh <clears throat> regular editors proud. Oh, and if we didn't, <laughs> send them. The hate we mail. did the work. Send, yeah. send the hate mail to them. <laughs> I can't even remember what the email is off the top of my head. I think it's back to the bins at something.com. Look it up. I'm sure you can find it. I'm probably supposed to edit out my F words in this one, aren't I? Oh, we'll or do doesn't we'll, matter. we'll fix it in post. Okay, yeah.
1: maybe, if I remember. <laughs> Just... We'll keep it clean. We can, we'll That's keep it, it clean. <laughs> uh, so as we said, uh, Mr. Zumo here does um, Man of Steel podcast. And a screen. Man of Screen. And a screen. That's right. It was a relief not to have to watch
2: anything for this podcast.
1: There yeah. you go. Yeah. Makes it easy. Yeah, that was kind of nice because you can do a comic in like.
2: It takes a lot less time than. I not... <laughs> was able to do three
1: comics in in the space of time I used to suffer through one episode of The Walking Dead. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it takes me soon. about an
2: hour to do one half hour cartoon. To watch one one half hour cartoon for the yeah. splash show.
0: Oh jeez. All right. Well, uh, Scott, what do you want?
1: Uh, Weekly Heroics, that used to be with you, we got to get you back in there eventually, man. Uh, Time. Me, me and Patrick are holding down the fort and getting out Legion and, and Preacher. Excellent. Um, and that's about it. I'm playing around with the idea of starting a new project, but haven't got there yet. I hear through the grapevine there might be some world-shattering crossover event with the True True Freaks Network. I don't know. I've heard a little bird told me. And I don't know what it's going to be called. Keep or what it, it's Keep it, keep it on the QT, bro. Keep it yeah, on the QT you know. for now. And so I don't know that. were are we
2: talking maybe. about? were are we talking about? this and Darius? Maybe. Scott <laughs> well, wasn't there. Here Scott, was.
1: edit here, maybe. Yeah. Intrigue, uh, <laughs> mystery box, haha. <laughs> and uh, so who knows will emerge from that? Oh, like thing I need that to that hear might not the word be mystery happening. box.
2: A few months away from J.J. Abrams, Star Wars. Mystery box, mystery box, <laughs> mystery, box mystery box. All right, yeah. let me
0: plug my stuff and we can all get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm hopefully going to be back on Weekly Heroics with Scott, but my time crunch and work-life balance is all over the place, and I don't have cable now, so it makes it a little bit harder to catch up on things. Uh, but I am on the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Horror, which I do with Chris Honeywell, Luke Jack and J.Giaconetti. Uh, I'm on Get Back to the Wrestling that I do with Luke Giaconetti and Jay Giaconetti, and I'm on Cast Protection, which covers Stranger Things and related media with Dave Atterbury and Jonathan Kreitz. All of those shows, every show that we've talked about, is all on the Two True, True Freaks Network, so please download it, listen. If you don't like it, tell us you don't like it. We take all comments.
1: I have one last plug. I'm doing with Umbrella, Charm, and Bowler, that other Avengers podcast with Thomas Oh Yes, yes. Classy the classy one. The old the British, I don't know how much class we bring to it, but we, we talked about a classy show, uh, the old Avengers TV show. So some good British spy stuff going on in that one. I'm really enjoying doing that with Thomas. So.
0: And Garage, oh,
1: Gloat, although we haven't gotten out very often this year, unfortunately. So that's, you can do it. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, so usually oh. you have to Mother Nature and other factors. Oh. So Next no year, isn't the, season, isn't
2: the season almost over?
1: Pretty much, yeah. We're going to hopefully maybe get out this weekend, but it's not been easy. It seems to want to rain every Saturday
0: around here for some reason. Uh, all right. Well, why don't we uh, put a bow on this and uh, get to editing so that people can listen to it. Absolutely. There you go. All right. Say goodbye, everybody. Hi
1: everybody. Yeah. <laughs> CSVP Combat. Player one, choose your character.
2: Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement?
1: Player two, choose your character. While you're in luck. Punter. Round one, fight. <laughs>
2: Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. (laughs) But anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet.
1: The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film.
2: (laughs) So join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives.
1: Double KO. Round two. Fight!
2: You can find us at csvsp.libson.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcast can be found. It just really, it's isn't. not visually striking. No. no just, just getting confirmation. It's just that's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is
0: this on? Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old fashioned comic book back issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at twotruefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks internet radio network, which you may find at www.2truefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the 2 site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week.